Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Facts Over X. We are now officially live. Um, if you are on Twitch, watching on Twitch, if you look at the camera, you can see that Gibbs is not here. So I will go ahead and uh, start our question of the day off. Gibbs will be back shortly. He's not missing the entire episode. But Chris, if you could date one fictional character, it can be a live action show, cartoon character, anything like that, superhero. What is your answer going to be? I could do any. You said live action, superhero, or fictional character. If I could hey, date anyone, they could be cartoon. It can be sitcom. It can be from a comic book. Anything. All right, uh, all right. I'm for sure so about to go Tasha from Everybody Hates Chris. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, bro. She was nice back then, bro. She still is. Like, pays her nice, not now, but back then. I swear, we was younger watching everybody had Chris. It was like, bro, Chris, you better get on Tasha, bro. You better. I, I don't know how I didn't see that answer coming. I mean, it's, it, from Chris, it, it, it absolutely makes sense. It <laughs> Why it makes sense for me, man? I mean, it makes sense. Pay her, and, and she looks like your type. She, she fits the description. You know what I mean? She, 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 I hate y'all, no. I hate y'all. We not even slandering you calling you a right. villain this time. Like, I, if I was you, I'd appreciate it. I'd appreciate it. Josh, who is yours, man? Um, I was going to go last just because I thought mine was going to be the most egregious. But... I said it before. The oh, show. I'll go ahead. I'll go, go ahead. Go ahead. I, you know, I, I actually I pivoted many times on this. I pivoted many times on this. And I, I told myself I cannot let the ancestors down during Black History Month. Because this has been the worst <laughs> Black History Month I done seen in a minute, boy. It's like we, we may have to stretch this one out all the way up through like the, the middle of uh, April or something. Because this has been rough. <laughs> but um. Number five, big sister Cree, right? Like, like there's there's a thought there. There's a thought there. There's I'm just saying, hear me out. Hear me did out. we see her in one episode? I think they never showed her face though, did they? No, she was in multiple episodes because uh, she was she a was, villain. She was in a couple episodes. She yeah. was a villain, yeah. She was a villain. So she was in multiple episodes. But um who 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 the the more I think about this, the the harder this answer gets because it's so many it's so many different ways to go with this. But um, who 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 um, I'm a I'm a have to I'm a have to go with y'all remember Jennifer Aniston on Horrible Bosses. Oh, yes. Yes, bro. Yes. I just watched that the other day, bro. Oh, her crazy self, dog. She's so crazy, dog. You know, I would. The ancestors just going to have to be mad at me. They're going to have to be mad at me. They going to have to I put, I put in a vouch for you, bro. I would I would say it's Black History Month, but you you ain't lied though. John, you know, but if you know <laughs> anybody who knows me understands that answer. It make it tracks. Yeah, it that's a, that's a Gibbs answer for sure. <laughs> that's right, a Gibbs right. answer for I'm sure. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Josh, who is your? Um, you know what? You you went real. Uh, Chris went real. And I know I said what I was gonna say before the show started, but I'm gonna pivot it a little bit. I'm gonna stay in the same range. But I'm going to pivot a little bit and I'm going to go with Lilo Big Sister off Lilo and Stitch. Oh, oh that, 
you, <laughs> hey, 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 low key, that beat Josh too. Low key, oh god, that beat Let me tell you, let me tell you, Lilo Big Sister had like those styles were different. That was like, <laughs> yo, why is it? Hold on, bro. Y'all talking about Lilo Big Sister? Hey, Chris, you ever, they draw cartoons like that. Chris, you ever had the the little uh, the pineapple bowl with like the the chicken and rice and all that in it? Chris, all I'm saying is if that was a human, I'm sure hey, that hey. that's what it would have looked like. I mean, hey. listen, if, if you ever had that teriyaki bowl up out, the, <laughs> man, you know what? I'm going to shut up. I'm Because like somebody going to watch this and be like, wait, they'll talk about what? Arrest them now. But you know, we we, we going to own it. We going to own it. Anywho, anywho. We're we're glad to uh, get this started. And by the way, if y'all want to go ahead and drop some of y'all's, the question is: any fictional character they can be live action or cartoon, any fictional character out of any universe, who would you date? Feel free to drop some of y'all's in the comments. But as always, we have the pod that's trying to get you paid. Facts over action. Let me tell y'all about the pod pick'em challenge. Nobody else is giving you a chance to turn thirty thirty dollars into a thousand. And again, we're not doing nothing illegal. We are not going to hand you a baggie and say, hey, listen, figure it out. I promise you, all you got to do is be subbed to us for six months. All you got to do is be subbed to us for six months and beat all three of us. We're going to pick three to five games every week. And if you are subbed for every month and you beat all of us in uh, the Pod Pick'em Challenge, your name will be entered into a raffle. The more people get into it, the bigger the pot gets. So if we get a if we get a minimum of a hundred um a hundred subscribers, we'll be giving out two hundred dollars to a one random winner. If we get up to five hundred subscribers, we will be giving out a thousand dollars to the first place winner. So I mean, I'm just saying, I don't listen. They talk about inflation and all that. I don't know if inflation can outpace thirty to a thousand. I, I ain't heard of no inflation that crazy. If inflation get that wild, I, I might have to leave the country for real, for real. But that's another story for another time. Anywho, we got a great show today, man. We had a, a Super Bowl with a, a blockbuster halftime. We had some blockbuster trades at the deadline. We had a lot going on, and we're gonna bring you all of it. We're gonna bring you the winners, the losers, the where do they go from here. And, and and much more. Y'all, that sounds like a good show to y'all. Sound good to me. Sound like a great show, man. Hey, Shang from Mulan ain't a bad answer. That ain't a bad answer. I, I'll take that. I'll take that. I, I'll take it. Fella. I'll take it. Anywho, what's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Axe Crew, the pod that's trying to get you paid. We got the master, the mixing master in the building, Josh Guyton. That is I. We got the money man, the man with the plan, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. And then you got the little old MC. That is me, Ken Gibbs. Now, the first thing that we're going to get into is this Super Bowl. The Rams defeat the Bengals 23-20. Immediate reactions, fellas. Um, My immediate reaction is I'm, I'm only a little bit salty because I've been riding so hard for the Bengals this entire time. And they play a much better game than my heart of hearts. I thought they were actually going to put up. So I just thought it was a really good game. Uh, happy to see Stafford get a championship. Happy to see uh, a couple of older guys. You know, Aaron Donald is getting up there in age. Von Miller. Uh, what well, is actually Von Miller's second championship? And then also, I'm looking forward to the future of the Bengals because they got a lot of young pieces over there, and they can keep that core together. Few changes you got to make here or there. It's uh, what seven rounds in the NFL draft? Uh, six. 
I need to see six offensive linemen drafted. By <laughs> <laughs> but all in all, it was a good game. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for Cincinnati's future and see if um, L.A. can put another run together next season. Okay, Chris, what you thinking, man? What's your, what's your uh, thought? I, I enjoyed the Super Bowl. It wasn't a crazy high score where it wasn't no defense. It wasn't like too much defense where it's like, bro, somebody going to win by three zip. It was it was the that perfect Patriots battle. That Patriots-Rams a few years ago was tough. That was tough to watch. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was a perfect balance uh, to me. Uh, halftime show was great. I don't think that this Super Bowl guarantees Stafford's Hall of Fame. I think he gets in for sure. I don't think this is going to be like the the only thing that puts him in the Super Bowl. I think if he keeps playing, he has another two good seasons. Even if he don't win a Super Bowl, his numbers just going to keep getting higher and higher. Stafford numbers are ridiculous. They're over uh, most of the people in the Hall of Fame right now. It's just that the narrative around Stafford and him winning games is just bad right now. So you got a couple more winning seasons, and I think that they'll be okay. Um However, I the, the Jamar Chase and Jalen Ramsey did not live up to the hype, bro. Jalen Ramsey, I know it was a face mask on one of those uh, plays, but Jalen Ramsey low-key was getting burnt in that first half, man. I'm not going to lie. He played good, but Jalen Ramsey was getting burnt. And Eli Apple, I'm disappointed in you. Eli <laughs> Apple, what what what's going on, man? What's, what's going on, man? You, you know, as a defensive lineman, I love I love my corners. I love them. I care about them. They, they mean a lot. But with that being said, boy, them corners sure do have some miles on them. I, there is no position in all of sports that talks like wide receivers and point guard. I mean, wide receivers and cornerbacks, boy. Those two positions, hoo-wee, oh, they never stop. They never stop. And when they get roasted, the internet will not stop, as they have not stopped yeah. on Eli Apple. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, though, uh, the AFC, bro, if you look at the quarterbacks in the AFC right now, bro, it's tough. The a- You got Mahomes. You got Joe. You got, uh, what's his name? Chargers. I think, help me out, help me out. Herbert. Just Herbert. You got Herbert. You got, bro, you got Lamar. Mm-hmm. Bro, the AFC stacked with quarterbacks, man. That's yeah. tough, man. And I ain't even get through. That's only four, five I named. It's at least yeah. seven that you can name that's like Oh, absolutely. Man. Absolutely. And Aaron Rodgers is considering Denver, according to some recent reports. And you got Josh Allen over there. It's, it's a it's yeah, a man. Josh Allen, that's another a, one, man. You just, you, who? who Mac you Jones, just, another one. <laughs> Mac Jones, nice. Don't do that. He's going to be nice. He's going to be nice. <laughs> he, he he in the right system to, to Bro, get the wins. Chris, Chris, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's let's keep it a B. You just mentioned him with Joe Burrow, a guy who's Oh, he not time. no, 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 no. He got more time to develop than them guys, but I think he in the right system where he's gonna be a relevant quarterback. He's gonna be relevant because the Patriots are relevant. I don't exactly. think that it I don't think it'll be the other way around. Like all the other guys we just named, their teams are relevant because of them. The Chiefs are relevant because of Pat Mahomes. Well, you know, the Miami got relevant. a minority coach, too, so that's going to play a big oh, factor. <laughs> oh, oh, Chris. Oh, Chris, come on. Come on, Chris. They heard last episode. We ain't got to get on that's, they exactly. heard last that. That, is a, that baby is from the Mount of Caucasus, and that's all right. <laughs> Again, if you got to pull out the pictures of your dad and your granddad and your mom and your grandma to say certain words, y'all know the words that I'm talking about? You probably should not. Never mind. Anyway, um, so I'm gonna tell you my my first thought. Matt Stafford, congratulations, right? 
Detroit fans, please stop doing that Detroit Rams thing. That is embarrassing. We are embarrassing ourselves. What are y'all doing? Uh, but <laughs> You got to take what we can get, man. But also, I, I'm going to tell you this. I think that the, the biggest thing that I took away from this game is um, there is there is a thousand different ways to build a team. And it is it is so mercurial that literally just getting there is all it takes. Because if you really want to be honest with the way that if you look at the conference championship games, right, you had the 49ers who have built heavily in both fronts, offense and defense. The 49ers have drafted so many first rounders on both sides of the ball up front. They were in the conference championship. You had the the Rams who they put everything into this run. They don't have a first or second round pick. I want to say for the next two years. Yep. They gave a lot and said, you know what? We're trusting that it's going to work out right here. And it did. It did. You got the Bengals who said, draft a lineman. <laughs> Are you well, son? We can pick up guys out of free agency. We'll, we'll be okay. And they got there. And then you got the Chiefs who completely rebuilt their old line, are paying Pat Mahomes all the money in the world. Outside of Pat Mahomes, uh, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill, that offense really ain't much to write home about, but they still were, were in the conference championship game. They still were favored to win it all. So I think that that's an interesting thing uh, to talk about there. But Chris, you touched on something that, that we left out the rundown, but we got to talk about. Is Matt Stafford a Hall of Famer? Is Matt Stafford, and I'm gonna start this off by saying absolutely, uh, only because only because the Hall of Fame already start lowering this bar well before Matt. It's not Matt's fault, but the the Hall of Fame start lowering this bar a while ago when everybody was like, "Oh, Eli Manning's gonna get in." Right. That was the moment for me where it's like, hold on, because I want y'all to think about this. Eli Manning has two Super Bowls, right? Guess how many playoff wins he has outside of those two Super Bowl runs. Probably just the eight. None. Probably none. None. He does not have wow. a single playoff win outside of those two Super Bowl rounds. Now, the the I was in a, a Twitter space today where they were talking about what's the bar, and some people were saying, oh, the, the bar for getting into the Hall of Fame is sustained excellence. And I said, if that's the case, why would Eli get in? And everybody went silent. They was like, well, yeah. he, 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 he. Because you you have no rebuttal for that. There are a lot of players mm-hmm. who don't have sustained excellence that are going to get in or that are getting in. It's making it easier for the guys coming behind. Yeah, and, and I think the NFL also is is lowering the bar a little bit because as long as you breathe and, and shoot the basketball at least 35% in the NBA, you basically and you had a good college career. You basically getting in the NBA Hall of Fame. Oh, so yeah. I think football yeah. realized we need more players in the Hall of Fame. That's uh, that, that makes a good narrative for the sport, you know. Um, you, you you could say we got several Hall of Fame talent, you know, in, in our in our football Hall of Fame. So, because the basketball Hall of Fame, they need to stop it for some of these players, man. When every year I see somebody new getting in the Hall of Fame, I'm like, bro, what? But Bradshaw got in the Hall of Fame, as Guyton told us earlier. Yep. That's tough. That's tough. So I think Stafford. And I understand he got the rings behind him, but if you look at it from a statistical point of view, Terry Bradshaw is the most mid quarterback in the history of quarterbacks. Now wait a minute, Terry Bradshaw. Okay, so listen to me. 
if we're talking about guys like Terry Bradshaw, Joe Namath, all that, Joe Namath's stats are atrocious. Like, if you look at his numbers. No, have you looked at Terry Bradshaw's stats? Terry Bradshaw's stats ain't nothing to write home about, but I, whatever you think Terry Bradshaw's are, I guarantee you Joe Namath's are worse. I am I okay, am literally right. <laughs> guaranteeing Joe Namath's got to be worse. But Can't with be that worse. Can't that, be worse. Dog, I'm telling you, they're probably worse. They're probably all right. All right, let's let's look it up. Let's look it up. Let's look it up. Yikes! That right, right? Right? (laughs) Yikes! I am telling you. I am telling you. Think about this. Think about like this. Think about like this. Right? Okay. So Joe Namath is one of the guys, one of the first guys who got in off an exception. His exception was he was the leader of the first AFC team to ever win a Super Bowl. Before that game, the AFC was seen as a second fiddle league, and everybody was like, oh, the well, back then it was the AFL-NFL, but the right. AFL was seen as a second fiddle joke, and everybody was like, oh, the NFL is going to crush these guys every year because they had those first two games, the Packers mopped the floor with the teams that were playing them. And he said on the radio before the game, we're going to win this ball game. And they did, and he – Went on to get tons of glory and fame and forever off that. Yeah. Didn't really do much outside of that, but it's the narrative. It's the the thing, you know. Right. Yeah, and, and, and football, a lot of narrative come into yeah. play with it. I'll take it a step yeah. further. Do you know how many seasons Joe Namath played as a quarterback in which he had more touchdowns than he did interceptions? I want to say like two or three. Joe Namath played a total of how many seasons he played in the NFL? Joe Namath played a total of 12 seasons in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Chris, you want to give a guess? I'll say, I'll say three or four. Zero. No, stop it. Zero seasons. No, I'm sorry. His rookie year. I apologize. I was about to say he year. had. He had he, more no, he had two. He had two. 65 and 69. He had more touchdowns than himself. That's, that's but that disgusting. was it. That was it. That's but, disgusting. But again, again, we got to understand that the game was extremely different back then. Like, it was extreme. The stuff that they used to do to receivers now, then would get you kicked out of game now. They're like, it wouldn't even be like, a <laughs> yo, that's a penalty. They'd be like, no, you, you got to go, bro. You can't be here. You cannot be here. And also, Joe Namath was the first ever 4,000-yard quarterback. So, that's another thing that, I mean, it, again, as much as you don't want to say it, you kind of got to say it. Times have changed, but. Hey, but yeah. I mean, let's talk about Richard Sherman comments, man. Was he just Let's talk about it. Let's talk I don't think, I don't think he's a certified Hall of Famer, honestly. I oh, mean, wait, ho, ho, hold on. I, 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 like, he's going to be a Hall of Famer for sure. He's going to be a Hall of Famer for sure. But it's not like, like, if, if, if you told me he didn't make it, it's not like I'd be like, eh, that, that, that's crazy. Like, you know, it's not like that. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. To me, Pro Bowls mean nothing. To me, right. Pro Bowls me, mean nothing. Me too. Me too. Because Pro Bowls are a, a popularity contest at best. Richard Sherman made like five all pro teams. That is a different ball game. To be to even be considered for all pro, even at cornerback where there are two, you have to be one of the best four in the league. I, I agree with you, Gibbs. At the same time, how many times was him being all pro built off of reputation that was one made off of him being marketable, which we, if we see who's in the Hall of Fame, what the NFL was all about, and two, him benefiting from the defense that was around him. Right. Yeah, I, I'm it's not it's easy with you with that but, Seattle Legion of Boom. 
I'm mean, not listen. I, I'll break it down for y'all for real, for real. He only played one side of the field. He played a deep third. They played the same coverage every single play. exactly. So that's it. Made it that tells you how talented that team was. But with that being said, he was one of the most talented parts. He led the league in interceptions. I want to say at least one time, but he had more than he had eight or more, like two or three times. Like this man. At the end of the day, say what you want about Richard Sherman. You cannot say that he is not a Hall of Famer. Now that, but I mean, look, look at the time he played though, Gibbs. It wasn't that many Jalen Ramseys in the world when he was playing too. He he what the, the era he played in? It was like the cornerback position was changing too. Stop like, it! He, he, Stop he, it! When he right. put Darrell Revis, don't ring a bell. But he he was older though. He was older. Darrell Revis. Darrell Revis was washed in 2013. That's what y'all Revis are telling me. Island bro, bro. at that point. Oh, Revis, Island, Revis Island was Belle Isle. It wasn't <laughs> no day. <laughs> bro, bro, I don't think y'all understand. In 2013, he was... Darrell Revis was an all-pro in 2014. He wasn't listen, washed. Listen, listen, what listen. Saying? Listen, he wasn't at his peak, though. He wasn't at his peak. Dog. Darrell Revis didn't fall off. Okay, okay, okay. We'll give you, we'll give you Revis. Keep, give, give me some more. Give me some more. Compared to now, we'll give you Revis again, again, again. Even now, there are not a ton of super high level quarter cornerbacks beyond Jalen Ramsey. Who else are super high level to where you're like, yeah, that guy's probably gonna be a Hall of Famer. Ooh. You got. I mean, I mean. Hall of Fame. It's a lot of young good corners in the league right now. That's the they're, problem. Yeah, they're young and up and coming, but they're not. Yeah. If you go back to then, you got guys like Leon Hall, who was older and established, and he was a baller back then, but he was not like, oh, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame for sure. You had Jonathan Joseph, another guy who was really good, just not that Hall of Fame level. Mm-hmm. You see the same thing right now in the NFL. Richard Sherman was the best DB in the league. Well, not the best DB. I'm not sure about that, but the best I, I give you, I give you Pat Pete. That was that was one around the time he was balling. Xavier Rose always been a baller. I I say that Xavier's role was just getting in the league for real when he. But but my Sherman. my point is my point is if you look at if you look at back then when when Richard Sherman was really rolling and everything was going great as far as the Legion of Boom and all that, those the corners from that era were really good. Like that those corners were not like some some scrubs that just like. Oh well, they're they're kind of just here. I mean, Charles Woodson was still playing, and he was one of the leaders in the league in interceptions. Peanut Tillman, come on, dog! Like they had a lot of good corners back then, and they got a lot now. But I'm just saying, Richard Sherman, he was being a hater, but his case is solidified. He was being a hater, but it's like Shaq telling Donovan Mitchell, "Yeah, I, I think that's another level you get to in the post game. Like it's completely unnecessary, <laughs> but you can't say like, oh, Shaq is me because that happened. Like Shaq is still Shaq. You know what I mean? Not saying that Richard Sherman is Shaq. Not saying that. Not in no way. But just saying. Uh, I don't know, bro. That 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 Seahawks team made they team. Okay. They I'm ran not, the same three defensive plays the whole season, bro. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Again, I'm I am not disagreeing with you at all. As a matter of fact, everybody in that secondary made at least two or three Pro Bowls. You got Brandon Browner, you got Cam Chancellor, you got Earl Thomas, you got uh uh Richard Sherman, who we're talking about. So of course, I'm not sitting up here saying Oh, Richard was great by himself as an individual. Again, for him to not have to follow the best receiver on the team around the field, that's something that Pat Pete couldn't say. That's something Revis couldn't say. That's something that all the best corners in the game at that time could not say. But he did what his job was spectacularly. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like it's true. It's like saying, oh, Robert Ori don't belong, uh, don't belong on on no, you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's top 75 or whatever list solely because he was surrounded by great talent. No, Robert Ori doesn't belong because he doesn't belong. The talent being around him had nothing to do with it. He just wasn't good enough to get there. Robert Ori made the top 75? No, I'm saying he didn't. No, no. I'm, oh, I'm saying, no. I'm saying, I'm hey, saying. Hey, Guido almost had a heart attack, bro. No, you got to no, be careful. I'm, you got to be careful. That, I was saying that to say you can't say that the talent around him is the reason he didn't make it. That's not the reason Robert Ory didn't make it. It wasn't like, oh, the talent around him was that right. good to where you like, nah, you don't belong. Like, no, you just weren't good enough. Like, Richard Sherman is the inverse of that. He was really good and just happened to be surrounded by great talent. Like, yeah. Anyway, anyway, Stafford should get in. Like I said, he get two, three more winning seasons and they get to the playoffs at least. He should be getting in. I mean, he's going to have the numbers. Only thing is going to be the 12 years he spent in lousy old Detroit Lions football. Here's the interesting thing to me. The the arguments that people make for Eli is, oh, he's top 10 in almost every statistical category for quarterbacks and he's got the two Super Bowls. Matt Stafford... I think I think we can agree he got about what three four years left in him. Um, yeah, four might be stretching. Two three, two three. May, that's so. what, really with the way quarterbacks are playing. I really wanted to yeah, say more, right. but I thought I'd be conservative uh, with three or four. But hold on, hold on, hold on. Chris, Chris, I give you that. I give you two or three. Right? Let's <laughs> say he gets three years. Okay, three years. Let's say he averages thirty five hundred uh, yards a year. Okay, at that point, three years, thirty five hundred. He's at over 10,000 yards. He'll be ahead of Eli Manning in passing yards. He'll be ahead of Eli. I believe he is, he may already be ahead of Eli. He is ahead of touchdown. touchdown. No, no. He's he's behind Eli in touchdowns by, let me see here. Are you still he's, behind him? He's behind him by 23 oh. or 33. 33 touchdowns. Like, nope. It's, yeah, it's 30. I'm sorry, 43. I can't count. I'm I'm being number dyslexic today. Anyway, he's behind about 43 touchdowns. He's going to be ahead of him in every single statistical category. Yeah. When it's all said and done, and we're not even mentioning, like, at the end of the day, this Rams team is not super old. Like, this isn't a team that, like, yeah. Jalen Ramsey is 35. How old do y'all think Aaron Donald is? He's 31, 32. He's 30. He'll be 31 right. when next season starts. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But that 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 Odell injury is gonna hurt a lot. That sure. Yeah. But yet and still they found a way to win, even without their tight end number one or two. Right. Even yeah, without yeah. with even with Cam Makers coming off being off an Achilles tear that happened earlier this year, they still found a way to win. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I agree. Stafford pulled it out. Uh he definitely they got the right pieces around him to be successful for the next year. I'm happy for McVay though. I mean he was he almost was in the Cliff Kingsbury category for me. If he if he didn't pull this off, he was gonna be he was gonna <laughs> hey. be Cliff Jr. He was gonna be Cliff Jr. Hey, I got a little trivia for y'all. Cliff King, I mean not Cliff Kingsbury, he doesn't win things. Sean McVay became the youngest ever coach to win a Super Bowl. Who did he take that crown from? Bill? Belichick? No. Mm-mm. I give y'all three guesses. That's one for both of y'all. Um is it Pete, Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll was like 60 when he won his. <laughs> Chris, what is wrong with you? I mean, I'm just throwing out historic coaches. You um, know? Okay, okay. Think about it, though. Think about it. I'll even give y'all a hint. It wasn't Mike Tomlin. It wasn't Mike Tomlin. It was not Mike Tomlin. Chris, you used up all your three guesses. Josh, you got two more. Man, I'm trying to think of who won recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I have no idea. <sighs> I'm surprised y'all forgot him. He only got kicked out the league earlier this season. John, John Gruden. John Gruden. Oh, I was going to say that. I was going to say that. He was the youngest coach to ever win the Super Bowl until and he was the youngest coach to ever win the Super Bowl until McVay. So McVay, we watching you, big dog. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I'm not going to lie, bro. Hey, Giz, 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 Giz. The type of heat I was prepared to have, if, like, I, I was about to, because I'm like, okay, Brady, that's his option, you know. But this Bengals team, that old line, you got Aaron. You got, you got two of the top 10 receivers in the league. You got the top five Man, corner in the league. If he lost this game, Gibbs. Man, listen. Joe Burrow got sacked a total of, I want to say, 70 times this season, including the postseason. If I'm a quarterback and I've been sacked 40 times, I'm calling the police. Hello, <laughs> Cincinnati PD, come come get me. Come, They are wilding out here. I did not talk about nobody, mama. I didn't say nothing crazy. You know what I mean? They, they not blocking nobody. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but anyway, I, I just thought, I, you know, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So... Uh, for both teams, where do y'all think the future goes for both of these teams? Do you think the Rams can run it back? Do you think the Bengals can get back? What do y'all think? Um, So as far as the Rams go, I think they have one more run in them. It's kind of hard, especially in football, to run it back in back-to-back years just because how much fatigue uh, the sport of football takes on the body. So it's going to be hard for them to get back next year, but I think they have the talent to do so. But as far as mm-hmm. the Bengals go, I think the Bengals have a nice with the with the core they have. I think they have a nice four or five year window if they go about the draft the next few seasons and they go about acquiring talent over the next few seasons. If they go about it the right way, the Bengals have a nice four or five year window in which they can try to run the league. Mm. Okay. All right. Okay. I I definitely feel it. I definitely feel it. Chris, what you thinking? I mean, definitely the Bengals can be the, the Chiefs version of their division, especially with Big Big Ben need to be replaced. Lamar can't never get no help over there in Baltimore for some reason. I don't know why. He might get A.B. though, so he might have a super gremlin over there. So we never know. We never oh, know what's that's going to be. A.B. A.B. going to get kicked out of Baltimore by week six. At best. At best. I, I mean, I know that. You know that, Gibbs. But, I mean, hey, they, they campaigning for it on Twitter. But anyway. So he got the he got his division. He can lock his division down, especially with Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. I mean, he can lock down the state of Ohio and half of Michigan if Baker Mayfield stays as the quarterback in Cleveland. But Absolutely. but at the end of the day, as long as they keep winning their division and he gotta keep going against Mahomes, eh, that window goes from four or five years with Guyton said to two, three, because you ain't beating Mahomes four out of five times. You know what I mean? I just don't see you beating Patrick Mahomes that long, especially now that they know they got to spend actually spend money on defense. Um, I, I just don't think you you beat Mahomes that many times. Who does Sorensen have nudes on in that organization? <laughs> what does he know about Andy Reid that it – listen, we need <laughs> – we need the, the information because that man stinks. I have never seen somebody who is as much fish food as him being asked to consistently cover a deep half or third of the field. That is amazing. It is flatly amazing. But anyway, um, honestly, I think I think the Rams are in better position to run it back than uh, the, the Bengals. And here's why. Although the Rams are the older team, the Bengals were the healthiest team in the league as far as like their stars and starters go, they're the healthiest team in the league this year by a good stretch. 
They didn't have anybody sustain any major injuries. Anybody. That's not realistic. That's not sustainable. In the in the violent gladiator sport that is football, you're not going to see a season where Mixon, Higgins, Bur- Burrow was sacked 70 times. What happened to him the year before? Does anybody remember how Joe Burrow's season ended last year? He tore his ACL. Yeah. That listen, I was crying for his ACL watching him out there. I said, hold hold on, hold <laughs> on, big fella. Just go down. But um, with that being said, I, I don't know if they can replicate that. But who knows? I, I think that they they did some really good things through trades and free agency that were very impactful to their team. Uh, I think the Rams have the hardest division in football by far, as uh, I believe Socrates said that. Yeah, Socrates said it. Yeah, they, they got the hardest division in football by a mile. But, but the only thing is the AFC North is not exactly slouches either. And again, if you're talking about running it back, you have to win the entire AFC. Yeah, true. I, I believe that this loss is seeing the way that everybody, well, not everybody, but a certain sect of folks have just found joy and giddiness in Patrick Mahomes losing. I think he's going to come back with some fire in his belly. And I, I understand I, I, it. Hold, 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 hold on again. Hold on again. Hold on again. We got to address Socrates right now, bro. He just put Cardinals with exclamation point. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, Socrates. This, this is about this. No, no, no. Sure, this is what we do. See episode in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Cliff Kingsbury Pack. See that episode. See Listen, that episode. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I'm, again, I'm going to just say this. I'm going to just say this. Because people keep saying, oh, Kyler Murray is the problem. He's immature. He's this, he's that. I'm going to tell you all a funny story about something that I saw. Literally, the moment that Cliff Kingsbury was named their head coach, and before this was before Kyler Murray was even drafted by them. The moment Cliff Kingsbury was named their head coach and they had the number one pick, I called this three years ago. I said, Cliff Kingsbury is going to ruin him and Kyler Murray is going to take the fall for Cliff's shortcomings. Three years later, am I Negro Damas? Am I Negro Damas? Because now it's, he's, Im- he's immature. He talks to his girlfriend and listens to music at halftime. He, he doesn't want to follow the Cardinals on social media. And, and what 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 old boy say when he was talking about the princesses? You're gonna look at me and tell me I'm wrong, bro. You grow up. Cliff Kingsbury is gonna ruin those Cardinals, and again, he's gonna take the fall for it. As much as I love to believe that Kyler is gonna get him a chip, as long as Cliff Kingsbury there, you know uh, what what they say on color purple till they do right by Kyler. Everything they think about <laughs> gonna go wrong every time. Anywho, um, so. We got to go to this these blockbuster deals at the trade deadline. We're going we gonna to get to the NFL MVP last, but we got to talk about these blockbuster deals at the trade deadline, all right? So, we know the big one. By the way, shout out to Facts Over Acts because, again, if you would have bet money when we told you, hey, Ben Simmons is going to get traded to the Nets is where it makes the most sense. They have the most things to move for him. I'm just saying, you would have hit that bet in last summer if you listened to the show. You would... <laughs> You would have hit for something. Actually, actually, depending on what you're betting on, you could have bet on what team Ben Simmons is going to land before the end of the season this year. You would have hit on something. I'm just saying. We Listen, hey, listen, we get it. We get it. It's FBN, but we're trying to make you some money, all right? Forget Ben. Worry about Ben Franklin. You worried about the wrong Ben right now, Socrates. You worried about the wrong Ben. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, Ben Simmons traded to Ben Simmons, uh, Seth Curry, 
Andre Drummond and the 2022 uh, uh, two two first round picks were traded to the Nets in exchange for James Harden and Paul Millsap. Fellas, first thoughts on this trade? Uh, my first thoughts on this trade is that both teams made the the trade that was good for them in order to try to be uh, a, a team that wins this season. Uh, they're in win now mode. The Nets need defense. Both of them have a toxic situation in which they're trying to clear up. The Nets didn't completely clear up that issue, but the Sixers did. Hopefully, Harden is motivated to play in Philly and they can make a run towards the championship. Those were my initial reactions. And I thought about the pieces a little more, and I think Philly gave up entirely too much for James Harden, which is crazy considering the fact that James Harden was uh, a shoe-in MVP candidate three, four seasons ago. Hell, two seasons ago. But I think that Philly gave up entirely too much for for James Harden. Okay. All right. Chris, what you thinking, man? What you thinking? I think both teams got outrageously better. Both teams. Let me explain why. If 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 Harden can get Embiid to buy into the pick and roll, right? We know yeah. Embiid is not a pick and roll player. I don't know why Doc Rivers had Ben Simmons setting picks for Embiid at the block and <laughs> or vice versa. I don't know why that was happening, but hard hard not gonna not gonna let Bach get. If he can get Joel Embiid to buy into that pick and roll, and don't take this the wrong way, guiding and Gibbs. Don't take this the wrong way, guiding and Gibbs. Y'all know where I'm going. This can be a poor man's modern version of Kobe and Shaq. It can be. It can be. It has potential. If Harden plays back at his MVP level and Embiid play like he's playing now, this is the best basketball we've seen Embiid play since he's been in the league. He hasn't played more than 60 games, but this is the best basketball we've seen Embiid play. If we could get him to buy it, because let me tell you what this pick and roll will do. You have to defend Harden, who's a great finisher at the basket, going to the basket, and you also have Danny Green and Tobias Harris to kick it out to as shooters, which Danny Green, we know he can be streaky, but you can't leave him open. And if you double Harden, you can get one-on-one time with Embiid, and he can work from the perimeter on in, or you could dump it down low to him if Harden gets double teamed if he's having a good night. So at the end of the day, I think Philly got better from that end. The Nets. They lacked playmaking because Harden didn't want to be there this year for whatever reason. Kyrie's a part-time player, and that's a story for a different day. And Kevin Durant was out with an MCL sprain. They they lacked rebounding, playmaking, and um, lacked a lot of defense, too. I mean, any Nets game you watch, it'll be like the Nets are winning 121 to 117. It's like, okay, y'all won, but why y'all let the Kings score 117 without De'Aaron Fox? It's like, what, what's going on? So... The Nets, they improved all that. Ben Simmons gives you rebounding. Andre Jump gives you rebounding. Seth Curry gives you a playmaker and shooter. And Ben Simmons gives you playmaking. Ben Simmons was my pick for defensive player of the year last year. And I think he still has that defensive capability. However, the problem with the Nets now is they gave up a lot of um not they gave up a lot of locker room mentorship in Paul Millsap. Anywhere you see Paul Millsap go, he's great in the locker room. Now you got Kyrie, Ben Simmons, two guys who always in their head mentally just don't have it there all the time. And I just don't know how that's really going to work out. And KD's another one that mentally, you say the wrong thing to KD, he going to have a fit about it. And and I just, Millsap is like one of those guys that like keeps locker rooms together. If you look at any team Millsap been, so you lost that in Millsap. But at the end of the day, 
somebody can step up. Maybe KD steps up and, you know, squash all the beef. Ben Simmons looks happy, hard, looks happy. I think both teams got better. Okay. Josh, what you thinking, man? Who who won oh. this thing? Uh, or was it was it all just initial thoughts, rather? Initial thoughts. Um, so I, I gave my initial thoughts, but the reason that I think that Philly gave up too much is because they lost their most ex- explosive weapon when it comes to stretching the floor, which is Seth Curry. Can I I, I gotta I gotta I, I'm sorry, Josh. I I had to let you go twice there because I, I, my mind was a little boggled from the nonsense <laughs> that Chris was talking. Listen, bro. Listen, bro. I'm not hold saying. On, hold on. Hold on, Chris. You had your shot. Now, give me my This here. <laughs> I don't think that people just realize how bad Philly got fleeced. I, I really don't. I really don't. And I, here's the thing. This is not about Ben Simmons. It's not about Ben at all. It's, it's not. This is about Harden. James Harden is either at his lowest in his career or second lowest in all of the following categories. Field goal percentage, three-point shooting percentage, effective field goal percentage. He's at the second most turnovers he ever had in his career. And in terms of scoring, he is averaging the lowest amount that he ever has in his career as a starter. We can pretend... We can pretend that James Harden can do the same thing that he did when he left Houston to go to Brooklyn two years ago. We can pretend that that, he that still was a ha- year ago. That was last season. That was last season, not two years ago. I'm last sorry. Season. We can pretend like he can do what he did a year ago and just all of a sudden turn it on and become somebody different. Get Gibbs, Gibbs. See James Harden Christmas Day by himself out there against the Lakers. Thirty-seven point triple double. Come on now. Thirty-seven, Good. sixteen, fourteen. The Come on now. Team in the league. I was just about to say. Guys, guys, see, 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 see early December. See early December. No KD, no Kyrie. See, see early see December. Russell Westbrook, see Russell Westbrook attempt to play defense. What, like, see, that 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 is what you Come on, now. We're not about to act like Hard is a, is a, is a shell of himself now. He ain't he in hooping. Listen, he listen. Is. He was an MVP candidate. Gibbs, 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 Dog, this he, place, and, and I promise you, I put it, I put my life savings <laughs> on it. If Harden go and be washed in Philly, I will Chris, give you my life savings, bro. Chris, Harden, when Harden Chris, don't want to play, Harden don't want to play. Chris, you have a lot of money saved up. Do not do that to yourself. <laughs> you understand? You understand? Because first of all, if I put my life savings against yours, you'll be betting pennies on the dollar. That is not smart for you. Second of all, second of all, Chris. This man is having his worst season in almost every statistical category. The only things, the only things that he is doing at a high level that he's done before is technically, if you don't account, if you don't account uh, for assist to turnover ratio, he has one of his better years in terms of assists and one of his better years from the free throw strike. Everything else, he is doing worse than he has ever done as a starter, Chris. I, I I get you, Gibbs, but we know Harden is very, very territorial. If he doesn't want to be there, we know Harden not he's gonna act like he don't want to be there, man. Chris, that, this is a 32-year-old. This is a 32-year-old that don't take care of his body like he should. This is not like a, a LeBron 32. This is not I, oh oh by this all is I, not, I, I I agree with you by all all stretch of the matter. I agree with you. But at the end of the day. Harden is somebody that when he want to play basketball, he's still one of the top three scorers in the league. Still one of the top 10 players in the league when he want to play basketball. 
Well, looks like he didn't want to play a lick of damn basketball this year. Bro. No, looks like he didn't want to play. Listen, bro, when they played the basketball. when they played the Pistons in November, bro, Harden played that game half step, bro. He was him and Kyrie got into it in the locker room, or something happened where Harden didn't want to be in Brooklyn anymore, and he showed his his butt. I can't say what I want to say. He showed his butt in Brooklyn. He ain't want to be there. But and, and again and again, here's here's you want to know what the worst part of all this is. We're talking about I'm talking about his age and like his inability to do things because of his age. You're talking about his inability to do things because of maturity at the ripe young age of 32. Okay. <laughs> let me let me propose something to you, Gibbs. If you took Russell Westbrook off the Lakers right now, put him in Brooklyn, and they did the same trade Harden for Westbrook with Brooklyn and Lakers, you don't think the Lakers get better. I'm sorry. You said Harden for um, Westbrook. Westbrook? Yeah, you don't think the Lakers get better. Westbrook is giving nothing. So, yeah, the Lakers get better. Technically, Westbrook is averaging 19-8-8, and he's actually shooting a slightly better field goal percentage than Harden this year. And Harden actually leading the league in more turnovers than Russell Westbrook this year. Okay. I don't this is again that we like the title again over I don't I don't stats it, it, it again, I'm not, I mean I mean or that listen I'm, they're and, both and again, playing they one of their worst seasons of basketball they're both are and again and again this is not if you tell me oh the the Lakers trade for James Harden the late would trade Westbrook for James Harden of course the Lakers get better Russell has given them basically nothing in many regards in many regards this season. There have, Russ has had moments, much like James Harden, when he played against Charlotte. And all of a sudden, they were down by like 20, and all of a sudden, he turns it on and makes it like a three-point game in the fourth quarter. He has his moments. I'm not here for moments. I'm here for what do you bring me day in and day out, okay? And Harden now, is going to make the that Philadelphia team 10 times better. They kept Maxi, They kept Thibault. They kept Tobias. They kept Danny Green. They kept uh, Frank Corkmoss. They kept Joel Embiid. That team is solid. And they I'll added Paul Millsap? Come on now. I'll say this. If they win a chip, it was worth it. They did it the right way. Yeah. They got it. But you just paired the most fragile superstar in the game right now, or second most fragile, behind AD. Mm. I don't know. Between Embiid and AD, you really don't know. Nah, a, bro, every time AD fall, bro, it's like, bro, is he getting Yeah, that's up? facts. That's facts. Yeah. And B fall down, you're like, he that's a big boy, he getting up. You know what I mean? That's facts. Also, okay. the difference is, even if they get injured the same amount, when AD step, I mean, when Embiid step on the court, he actually wants to play basketball. Okay, so you got the second most fragile star in the league paired with a 32-year-old who just, the, the, certain things go wrong, all of a sudden he don't want to play basketball no more. I mean that that's just him, bro. I'm I was a Houston fan for eight years, longer than eight years, but the whole eight years I watched him in Houston, bro. James, I, I were, James you, Harden I, didn't want to hoop. I promise you, there is nothing in this world. And when I say nothing in this world, I mean literally not a single task that is like a job that does not bring you great shame to do just because you do it. Hell, even most jobs that bring you great shame, as long as it's not like something that is intensely immoral to me, that you can pay me super max money to do, that I would be like, hmm, I don't feel like doing it anymore. This environment is bad. What? And then do it twice in less than two years time? Yeah, okay. Well. Yeah, but but Gibbs, but Gibbs, Gibbs, he's happy now. 
He's gonna and and and, and he's, he's, hey, Josh, he's back with his genome. Hold on, hold on, Josh. Where do we hear Harden was happy now? Didn't we hear that like what eight months ago? Nine months ago? Didn't we hear yeah. Harden's happy now? <laughs> yeah, with the Brooklyn. You, you heard yeah, it. And his first game with Brooklyn, his first his first year with Brooklyn, what did he do? What did he do? He went nuts last year. Come on now. Good, when he got good. out of Houston, he went nuts. Good for him. But again, you're counting on a superstar to uh, somehow cage volatility mm-hmm. and be happy in a place that booed Santa. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, Philly fans are one of the hardest fans to, to win they over. They're a different breed. They, they are. They breed. are. They are. But at the end of the day, if it, like I said, they are the poor man's version. Uh, they they could be. They have potential to be the poor man's version of Kobe and Shaq. Maybe. Stop saying that. That's they're not the great value brand. They're not the pay less brand. They're not the. Bro, bro they the they poor not- man. They 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 have potential to run the East like the like like Kobe and Shaq did. You this know year. what this year are? this year. You know what they are. I think they're the rich man's version of uh of what was it? It was Pippen and. It was Pippen and uh, Charles Barkley. They're the rich man's version of Pippen and Barkley. I get that. I get that. Poor man's uh, Steve Nash and Amari. I get Then we lost Gibbs for a second. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we, we yeah. definitely lost Gibbs. Is, uh... My bad. My bad. I'm <laughs> he back. He got the poor I'm man's back. version of internet. Um, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Listen, my internet came with that campus can the chunky soup, man. It, it said enter this code on the back. Get free Wi-Fi for a year. I'm sorry. But anywho, yeah, I, I'll give you that. I, I like that. They I think that they are listen, bro. To and you don't think you you don't think that's enough to win the East this year if you add Tobias Harris to that and Matisse Thibel and um the other pieces they got, Max even having a season that all year, and he gonna play better next to Harden because he gonna be a lot I, more one on one. I think that is enough to to win the East this year. The problem is whoever comes out of the West is gonna mop the floor. Whoever comes I, out of the I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Okay. All right. So the so still, series, I, you got Philly. You you got Philly beating Phoenix. Um. Okay. 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 Let me let me say this. Phoenix brutal. is their better matchup because Lord forbid you say the Warriors. <laughs> listen, listen. Let, let me let me let me let me just say two words to tell y'all why I'm not worried about Phoenix. Like he had he had a good year last year where he didn't get injured in the playoffs. But Chris Paul, you telling me he gonna be healthy two straight playoff runs to the finals? You and got you Joel think, and Bead on that squad. You talking about health? Hey, <laughs> listen, listen. I get that. I get that. Joel and B fragile too. But we gonna they gonna do Joel and B right. He gonna sit out a lot of games in the end of the season. You telling me Chris Paul gonna be healthy two playoff runs? He might be third most fragile behind Joel and AD in the playoffs. I and and I agree. But you're talking about the most fragile being on your team. That is that is uh, not a good uh, recipe. All I'm saying is. All I'm saying is. That's why I ain't saw it on the Suns. And then the the Warriors, yes, they scary. Warriors are scary. But you telling me Curry gonna play this many minutes of a season and be healthy in the playoffs? We've never seen that either. So I feel it. I feel it. I'm and again, I'm not disagreeing with you. But again, I cannot put my trust in a gentleman who just wakes up sometimes and is like, eh, I don't want to be here anymore. My <laughs> Like, bro, this man, his marriage with Brooklyn lasted longer than Kim Kardashian and Kanye's marriage. You understand? You understand? And, and listen, Brooklyn not going to be outside the crib in the, in the, in the uh, little Bush outfit like Kanye West was, bro. They are not going to be like that. They, bye. 
Peace be gone. So, so do y'all think that Philly beats uh, Milwaukee? Yeah, bro. Milwaukee, not the same Milwaukee this year, bro. I'm sorry. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. The East this year is very mercurial. It feels like whoever gets hot at the right time is going to be the team that wins it. And the East tough. The East yeah, tougher than the West now, bro. It's, it's East tougher than the West. Six, seven teams in the East that can make the finals. Uh, bro, the East That's what I'm saying. If, if you look it's at tough. if you look at the East, if you look at the East, if the wrong team gets hot or the right team gets hot, rather, who knows? Who I'll knows? say this: the Celtics, what they win tonight, just won eight straight, and they didn't move in the standings at all because everybody in the East been winning. They didn't win that, move once. <laughs> think about it this way. That that Heat team that's number one right now, they've been beat up all season. They've been hurt all year, and they yeah. still find a way to be number there. You never know. You never know who, who out of this East could get the job done. Honestly, I don't believe in the Bulls at all, but that's another story for another time. I, mean, I, I don't know I why. never did. It's I just never did, bro. I believe in the Bulls if they're healthy. It, it's just something about the Bulls that's just like well, ah. they got they, they got a ball brother over there, so you know, Guyton bet his oh, left absolutely. kidney on them. He bet his kidney on them. <laughs> Somebody said this because bro looked like Levar, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> oh, um, okay, all right, all right. So, so tuning into the last episode of <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, the one of the lesser important trades, but a trade that could still have a very serious impact on um, the NBA, especially the West in particular, is Porzingis being traded out of Dallas in a very Man, unceremonious bro. type of way. He was traded for, uh, is it is it Davis Bertans or is it tra- how do, Yeah, how do it's you- Davis Bertans. Davis Bertans, Bertans. Bertans and, and, and uh, Dinwiddie. So, what is up with this trade? Can y'all tell me? Because the, the numbers salary-wise, they don't get cap relief uh-huh. and they don't get a well, player on his level. I think it was to to, and I'm just I'm gonna let you go, Josh. I'm just gonna say Gibbs what I was reading earlier today because I knew we'd talk about this. I think it was because of the locker room for one. Um, Dinwiddie and um, Luca seemed to have a relationship off off the court, uh, so that was one reason why. And Porzingis also didn't like his role with the Mavericks. So mm. the fact that Luca was the a ball stopper apparently to Porzingis. It didn't. It just wasn't gonna work. And then they didn't want to pay Porzingis a lot, all that money because he's never there, right? Porzingis is another top five fragile player in the NBA. Like anything happened, he break a fingernail and he's down for yeah. six weeks. So that's just what I heard. go ahead, guy. Um, no, I think it's a matter of one. I think uh, Chris Stapps being unhappy. That's what it has to be. And I know, although he um. Is it the star? Or he doesn't have the cash that he used to be. It used to be a point to where we, we were saying, like, you in a couple of years, like, Chris Tapps can be that guy. Um, but you got to remember how much stock that Mark Cuban put into getting Chris Tapps to begin with and how much he was marketing Chris Tapps. Chris Tapps is that next guy. So I think he had enough respect for him to uh, trade him or send him somewhere to say, like, hey, is it a player you desire to play with? I think that was more of the situation because if you look at the dynamic between Luca and... Um, Chris Stapps, like that dynamic just doesn't work. Chris Stapps is one of the few big men that actually need the ball in his hands in order to work. He's not the biggest pick and roll guy. He is a pick and pop guy. But if you got Luca coming off a screen, once Luca got you on the hip, he's shooting the ball. He's shooting it. 
<laughs> I don't care if it's four yeah. people at the rim. I don't care who defended him. Once he got you on the hip, bro, he was shooting the ball. When you see that one leg floater from Luke and you wide open, I wouldn't even <laughs> run back on defense. He wanted the players on two K. I'm like, bro, I'm not even running back down there, bro. I'm I'm not, bro. I'm not running back. Yeah, so I, I think that's what it has to be because outside of that, it literally makes no sense. So I think that that Dallas was just looking like, hey, let's just go ahead and uh. We love some stretch bigs in Dallas. Let's go with a stretch big and let's go get a player with a little bit of cash to their name that can sell some jerseys to make some money because that made the trade made no sense for either team. Um, mm-hmm. From a cap standpoint, it made to be no honest, sense. it made sense for the Wizards. Yeah, you think yeah. it made lots of sense. Yeah, it made a lot of sense for the Wizards because they don't have no size on that roster. Bradley Beal out for the season, so this is your test run season with Porzingis to see what you hey. can get out of Porzingis. Hey, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something that a lot of Wizards fans might not like to hear. I think we've seen the end of Bradley Beal in, in uh, Washington. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I think he in a dame situation. The age that he's at and with his skill set, if they just say, hey, here's the ball for the rest of the season, I can see Chris Davis being that guy. Exactly. Exactly. And this is a trial run to do that. And the reason why I disagree, Gibbs, I think um, – I think – Dame and Bradley be on the same boat. They, they, they both franchises want to build around them because they know they're not gonna get a player that good again for a long time. So at the end of the day, they like, okay, if you don't ask for a trade, then we just gonna plan for you being here to finish your career. And I don't think Brad Bill or Damian Lillard are gonna ask for trades. So I think that Bradley Bill is not gonna be happy being known as the Alex English of 2020 or of the 2010s and 2020s. I think he's gonna ask out. I think he's gonna be like, listen. I've given y'all all I got. It's time for me. I don't work. know. Did you see the contract that he can get next year, bro? Did you see the contract that he can get this offseason? But honestly, all right. So hear me out here. Hear me out here. Let's be real. Once you get to a certain point, it's all basically the same. Like, even if you're talking about like 40 million. Uh, give, 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 give. Hear me he out. He can get the out. same deal Giannis out of the coupon just got. And here's what I'm saying. When you get to a certain level, right? Like, let's let's think about this realistically. How can you spend $280 million? Like as somebody who does not have aspirations to buy a private island or something like that, how do you spend $280 million? What is the difference between 280 and 240, 230? Like granted, yes, it, it on paper, yes, that's a $50 million difference. At a certain point, like I understand if, if this is like a, a Josh Smith where it's like, all right, bro, like you, you take this contract with the Pistons, you're going to get... 30 instead of 15 to 10 elsewhere. Supermax? Mm. We saw we saw that the NBA. I can't look at I can't look at 40, 50 million and be like, eh, it don't matter to me, bro. I'm sorry. I don't care how much money I got, bro. I can't look at 40, 50 million and say Chris, that is that is you, Chris. You are hyper aware of the financials. We are not gonna disclose what you specifically instructed me to do for financial purposes that me and Josh both (laughs) stopped and looked at you and said, bro, what? But it was very wild, facts over acts, listeners. Please know that. So it was. It, it, we we know, Chris. You are acutely aware of it. For I'm saying, for most of these NBA players, yes, they're aware of it too. But at a certain point, they're like, eh. because again, the NBA instituted the supermax for what reason? To stop players from leaving small markets going to big markets. Has it worked in any meaningful way? Yeah, has it, it has. Giannis stayed in Milwaukee, so and they got a championship out of it. So Giannis is one player. He would, let's be honest. Some of these small market guys would have to stay in small markets anyway because that's just well. Do you happy. consider Do you consider Phoenix a small market? 
Mm, not necessarily. I wouldn't really. How about say, say B- Booker? Booker's a another player that stayed. Car Anthony Towns in Minnesota. That's a small. But again, I, I think I think that the the thing that we're we're not acknowledging here is talent is going to be spread across the league in a certain way anyway. You can't, even before the Supermax was invented to keep these players as small market teams, you had multiple teams with superstars, like bona fide superstars. Were there super teams? Of course. But it wasn't like, it was like, all right, three super teams and everybody else was just scrubs. Like you had all the all-star teams, five, six players from one team, five, six players from another team, and then like all the rest of the league. You always are going to have superstars everywhere. I don't think that the Supermax has worked in the way that they thought it would. And I, I I don't think it's worked that well. I don't think it's been that effective. Uh, so the Lakers do not make a move at all. Are y'all surprised, disappointed? What's going on? Um, I'm neither surprised nor disappointed because if you look at the pieces of that roster that needs to be shaken up and at the forefront of that is Russell Westbrook. Where are you going to send them if you look into? I feel like it's more harm in getting rid of Russell Westbrook in this point in the season than it does good for your team. Because if you're giving up Westbrook, you're literally giving up giving him up for pennies, or you're giving up for a player that has almost just as bad a contract, but their performance is worse. And I don't think even if it's a few teams that people go to go out there to pick on. Knicks, Kings, things like that, that that historically make terrible <laughs> trades. I don't think there's any team out there that's dumb enough to to say, hey, let's go get Russell Westbrook and he got a $45 million player option next season. Wait, before, wait, before, we, before, before we get out of here, before we get out of here, Marvin Bagley is a piston now because the Kings kinged it up again. Go ahead. I, I was about to say that the Kings have proven us wrong before. They have, but they didn't prove us as bad as trading for Russell Westbrook. And I just think it's a matter of um, Westbrook is a player that showed he knows how to play basketball. He's averaged a triple-double before. He's having a historically bad season right now. But it's a few games out of the season where Westbrook can get hot. When LeBron at 80 was out, Westbrook had a game where he had uh, 30 and almost a triple-double and led them to a win. So at this point, somebody that you owe that much money, it just made more sense to keep him. Uh, instead of trading them for somebody that's going to make the team somehow detriment, detrimentally worse than they already are. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Fair I enough. mean, I agree. I mean, I think you better off uh, holding and praying until the offseason. I do think the Lakers should have looked at exploring the trade for AD if they're going to, you know, maximize the championship window they got with LeBron James playing at a high level still. I think they should explore that option. I mean, AD, you probably get a haul for him. And the way this team is currently constructed, it's just not going to fit Russell Westbrook's style of play. I mean, you with Russell Westbrook, you have to – the seasons where Russell Westbrook played as the number one option on teams was teams where they had a big man that didn't want to score the basketball on Steve Adams, and they had two, three shooters around him where he could pass, drive, and kick, or drive and finish. Russell Westbrook isn't able to do that on this team. They have some shooters, but they are older. They also have LeBron needs the ball in his hand. And AD also needs to figure out how to learn how to just suck it up and play the five. I mean, you can't have AD out there with his worst three-point percentage of his career and somebody like Dwight Howard out there. I know he had a growth spurt later in life, but AD knows he's seven feet, right? I've only seen two players stick to their word the way that the way that I've 
seen this season. I've only seen it twice. After Florida lost that game and Tim Tebow was like, you will never see a team work as hard, win as hard, because they came out and dominated everything in their way after that little speech he gave after that game. And after AD said, I'm a champion, I have nothing to prove to anybody. <laughs> he has like, he said, hey, listen, hey, listen, I don't know what y'all got going on. I got a ring now. <laughs> like, AD, you don't want another one? No, don't care. <laughs> Do not care. I don't know who told y'all I care, but... I don't know who told y'all I was giving contributed to society vibes. That's not what I'm on right now. Okay. I won my ring. Let me enjoy my life. You know, so I'm going to just, just throw that out there. Anywho, uh, I, 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 me, when I look at this Lakers team, not moving any pieces, not getting anything, I am surprised only because they're a team, which is, um, you're old. You're at your apex. Like this is, the best that this team will ever be literally next year. Everybody getting a year older is not good for you. A team like the Pistons, everybody getting a year older. That's great. A team like Charlotte, everybody getting a year older. That's great. Even the Warriors, everybody getting a year older. Yes. You're getting a slower Steph. Yes. You're getting a slower clay. It's good for them. You also got a lot of good core pieces that can get them open and you don't forget how to shoot the basketball. Not to mention, you're getting an older James Wiseman. You're getting an older like you're you're the pieces that are getting older around him. Also, it's good. Facts over X audience, just to let y'all know, ninety nine percent of the time that we know what we're talking about in the show. Who did I say had the best draft in the NBA draft this past offseason? Did you say the Warriors? I said Moody and Kaminga were the two biggest steals out of that draft. You have not been wrong. You have not been wrong. Jerry West, you've done it again. No, nah, but, <laughs> nah, but it's 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 a it's you very know, clear. I got to give them their flowers. I'm not gonna hold y'all. The if the Clippers were healthy this year, this would be their year. Like if you look at that Clippers roster and how terrible it is, they have BJ Boston, a rookie. You know what? I know Gibbs. I see you making that face. Chris, not wrong. Listen, they had BJ Boston, a wrong. rookie, <laughs> averaging 17 a game. Ty Lue is a here's, magician. Here's, here's, Reggie here's Jackson is gaming the Lakers and calling game to AD here's, base. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Saying if the if the uh the Clippers were healthy is like me saying if my Achilles were healthy, I'd be in the NFL. Of course, but that's not how it works. <laughs> Betting on a team with Kawhi to be healthy. That is not how this game plays. I'm just saying, as next year going to be tough, bro. They got Norman Powell and Covington added with Paul George and Kawhi. They are deep. Hey, wait a minute. West Cooked is the 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 hardest. That that hurts my soul to see. West Cooked. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's worse than West Brick, honestly. That's way worse than West Brick. Oh, my God. West Cooked. Oof. Ooh, that hurts. That that hurts so bad. So, fellas, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If you had to name your biggest winner and your biggest loser from the trade deadline, and we're going to end the show after this, who would it be? Um, You know what? It's going to sound crazy. I'm going to go ahead and go with the hometown team. I'm going to go with the Pistons. Biggest winner? You think the Pistons were the biggest winner of the trade deadline? Yeah. The Pistons still mm. got a lot of cap space, even though they don't have the, the, nobody's going to as a big free agent is going to sign to Detroit, but they still have time this offseason to get. Rid I don't of know about Durant that contract. 
They have a lot of young pieces. They just picked up another young piece of Marvin Bagley, who wasn't in the greatest system to thrive. And his Piston system has already showed that they know how to nurture young talent. And if you need some pieces to get you through a season or two, they have the cap space to sign those pieces to show younger players how to win before it's time to re-sign Cade Sadiq to those big contracts, which aren't going to come up for another three or four seasons. I don't know, man. I don't know. if it. Uh, hear me out. Hear me out. If you are any position besides a point guard, honestly, honestly, looking at this Detroit team, like, all right, who's going to tell you you can't get your shots up? Sadiq Bay. <laughs> True. Like, if, if I'm any other position, who the Pistons' best rebounder is 6'7". Like, I'm, I'm being real with you right now. If you're a big. Yeah. If you're a guard that likes to shoot a lot. We've seen Cade in college. And when when Oklahoma State looked half decent, he he liked to defer to his teammates. They, that's what he enjoyed doing the most. Right. I'm just saying, if you a star, you know, you know. Right. Who's your who's your loser at the trade deadline, Josh? Oh, easy. Portland. <laughs> free Dave. free Dave. And, and okay I understand trading CJ McCollum because your plan is that you want to use your cap space to try to build a new core around Dame here's the two issues with that what free agent is signing in Portland <clears throat> two if you do get rid of CJ why not get some draft capital and some young players around there so you can have some solid role players in the upcoming season if you do want to go get free agents three if you're if your deal is to get a new core around damian lillard and build some chemistry and try to go out there and get some wins you know damian lillard is going to be after this next free agency is over 33 he's going to be 32 Mm. What NBA player you know that's going to say, hey, I got a whole new core around me. I'm going to go on the court and I'm going to be better. Only player I know to do that is LeBron James. Literally the only two players in the history of basketball to hit age 32 and have a better season than they did the season previously is LeBron James and Kobe Bryant and Newsflash. Damian Lillard are neither one of those players. Hey, wait a minute. I'm looking at this upcoming free agency class. Who the best player out there? Thaddeus Young? Oh, this is nasty work. This is nasty work. <laughs> and I'm not exaggerating. Thaddeus Young might be the best unrestricted free agent in this upcoming free agency. You know, I have officially jumped off the Gary Harris bandwagon. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, just about. Just about. I mean, ew. Ew. Oh, my God. Maybe TJ Warren? Maybe? Maybe? I mean, that's the only other guy that's in contention. Ooh. Nasty work, nasty work. Chris, your winners and losers. Who are they? I was saying, you said maybe TJ Warren. If all of us were playing a video game right now, we was having a fantasy draft, and I was like, yo, Gibbs, this is the last round. Who you taking? And TJ Warren was still there. You would be like, see how this talk hey, hold on. pans out. Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. In all fairness, in all fairness to TJ Warren, Taco Fall is a cheat code on 2K. He's a cheat code on 2K. In all fairness, in all fairness, like, 2K is not representative of real life at all because he got like a 96 block and both of his rebounds are like 90s too. Like, well, how do you turn oh, that yeah. down? Hey, that, that, that taco four drop step is deadly. Ultimately. It's deadly. It's, <laughs> yeah. you're not even doing it. You're not even doing it. 
Chris, who are your winners and losers at the trade deadline, man? Hey, man. Hey, man. I might be on Franklin Saints product when I say this. And please, just, just bear with me. I think it was the best decision to just make themselves relevant for a couple of years to come. I think the Kings won big with the Sabonis pickup. I think the Kings did win big. Now, with that, with, with that being said, they got De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis for the next four or five years locked up. I think that helps them be relevant. I think that helps a little bit of King slander come off of them. I think it gives them a chance to try to build something around them. I think it gives them a chance to become an interesting market in California. However, you're still going to be the king, so the king's going to king. I want to know what makes you think that, like, that trade was good for the kings. Like, real talk. Be- like, because 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 you got Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox now, and now you can see De'Aaron Fox full potential. You know, they lost I, a young guy in Halliburton, but De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis are still both very young. Those are two out. good pieces to start building a team on. Hear me out. The Kings traded defense for offense, but I don't think that they got the offensive return for what they were losing on defense. I I, I don't. I no, don't. No, but but give, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. If I told you starter franchise and the 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 the, the players you get is De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis, you wouldn't be mad at that. <laughs> I, Chris, honestly, if somebody told me I got to start a franchise with them too, I'd be like, all right, so we what we getting the number one pick next year or like how uh, is nah, this a lottery you, system? You wouldn't you wouldn't be mad at that if you those wouldn't. were my two centerpieces. I'm not mad at it. I'm just looking at it like. I mean, they could surprise me, but I think we're going to be pretty high. And, and, exactly. and like I said, I think the Kings, they they moved the needle in the – we got to figure out what we're going to do with Fox long term. If he can't coop with Sabonis and it doesn't pan out, like where we're relevant with Sabonis and Fox, then we just start over from scratch again. And I think that's that they're getting more clarity with this trade. So for a snake-bitten franchise that's never going to do anything, I mean, I think they, they made themselves relevant. Okay. And who are your losers of this draft? I got two. I'm sorry, it's a uh, trade deadline. Trade. I, I got, I got two. I got two. Portland, obviously, for obvious reasons. I mean, Portland. I, <laughs> Portland. I, I just don't get it. I, I just don't understand why you, why you thought this was gonna make sense at all. I, I really don't. Um, but that's a different story for a different day. We'll talk about that next week. But the other uh, team that I think loses, I think the Bucks. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Brooke Lopez out for the season, and they didn't go get any more front front court help. They got a uh, Ibaka, didn't they? Yeah, they got Ibaka, but I mean Ibaka made a glass too. Okay, he ain't healthy. He ain't been healthy since he left OKC. Basically, well, he was healthy with Toronto for a year, and they won a championship. But other than that, I mean, they ain't really get a, another big man that is going to be a key rotational guy. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. All right. All right. Well, uh, my winner for the uh, the trade deadline, I you know, I I kind of want to say the Pistons too, but the only thing that's stopping me is they didn't get rid of Jeremy Grant. Like to me, if you're not if he's not factored into your long term plans, but then I I get that you can sometimes get more for players in the offseason than at the trade deadline where it's like teams can sense your desperation and they're like, eh, you know, we we got to go. We got to go. 
So honestly, I'll say a winner at the trade deadline for me. <sighs> I hate to say this, but Washington. If if they to me, if they want to keep Bill from like being like, all right, bro, I'm out. I've had enough. Getting a big like Porzingis could be the thing to do that. It could be the thing to do that. Could be the thing to help. And um, I'm sorry, Charlotte is another winner as well. Charlotte, they needed a quality big. They needed an experienced big. Montrez Hero came, and he said he's having the most fun he's had playing basketball in quite some time, which makes sense because he went to both of the L.A.'s. I get it. I get it, brother. I understand. Anyway, um, my loser at the trade deadline is definitely Portland by a mile. And um, the other loser, to me, Daryl Moore. Daryl, <laughs> Daryl, you realize you just gave up two firsts and some good depth and some good floor spacing for a 32-year-old that's having the worst statistical season he's ever had as a starter. I, I mean, do not care what you believe. His pat- back. You get the floor station back with Harden. So. You don't do you, Chris? Yeah, yes. Do you? Bro, don't do that. You're not about to leave Harden open, bro. Stop. Chris. Man, bro. Stop. Chris. Stop. I'm not, not saying you leave hard you're not open. Leaving hard open. Chris, floor spacing ain't just about the You the not you not only sending one guy at Harden. You not only sending one guy at Harden. Why wouldn't you? Chris, Chris, this is the NBA. This is not you that the these these folks get paid a ton of money to understand and know, all right, this player is actually really good at this thing. Uh, this player just has a name for being good. Bro, at this bro I don't give a care what you're saying. You're telling me you're not you're, you're not sending a you're not sending one guy to guard hard in the whole game. You're doubling so hard as much as you can. So doubling, Every time Harden get the ball, you doubling him. I don't so care what you're saying. So you're doubling a guy that's averaging five turnovers. Having his bro, yes, 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 you're yes. doubling that guy. I can't him. wait till we hoop. I can't wait till we hoop in Philly, man. I can't wait till we hoop in Philly. That's ain't that's no way you telling me you not doubling hard, bro. That's ain't the no, guy. They they double Pascal Siakam in the NBA, bro. Listen, listen. I'm not. This is what I'm saying about James Harden. Sure, he'll get a double here and there. Sure, absolutely. I'm not. What I'm not saying is this is not Houston no more. They are not having two people at the half court line like all right, bro. So they did in Brooklyn. When he was in Brooklyn, they did this year. Because nobody else was on the court. Who was oh, on? With his two options, was Patty Mills. Ooh, I'm scared of Patty. Whoa. <laughs> Russell Westbrook's scared of Patty Mills. But Russell Westbrook's scared of everybody. Everybody got their career high. Again, <laughs> listen, I don't think y'all understand. The Lakers should rename themselves Euphoria because everybody gets highs against them. Everybody. <laughs> everybody. You name it, they getting their high against. You know what? We're not even going to go there right now. Anywho, I think that Daryl Morey could win a championship and make this all worth it. I just am not sure that he will. I'm not sure of that. And I'll tell you, trading all of that for a 32-year-old and not winning a championship, you're going to be, uh, you're not going to look like a very smart guy, especially when people were throwing bags at you for Ben Simmons. People were saying, oh, you wanted to trade him for, uh, what was that boy name? Uh, Brogdon or da 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 No, 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 no. Y'all saw the the, the alleged package that the Pistons yeah. offered for What? Yeah. Come on. I okay. mean, do we, those was, do we know those packages was real, though? I, if it ain't Sam's or Woes, I ain't believing them packages. I ain't gonna lie. It was one of them that reported the packages out the Pistons before the game. Sam's for sure reported yeah, the deal. That, dog, I'm telling you, they teams were throwing bags at the Sixers, and they was like, but, 
No, we want Harden. <laughs> okay, if you don't That's get a championship. That's his guy, bro. That's his if, guy. Again, Daryl Morey hugged him like he had just seen his wife after a very long trip away. And guess what? If that marriage fails a second time, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear from nobody. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Anywho, we know that y'all had enough of us arguing about Daryl Morey and James Harden. And, and Ben Simmons and all that good stuff. But come on back next week and the week after that and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all. Yeah,